Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey hon, you know what uh, What holidays are right around the corner? Christmas? No, no, that one just went by. Halloween? <laughs> Closer than that. Our son's birthday? Think red, think hearts, think love. Uh, the Corvette convention? <laughs> the Cor- is that a thing? Is I don't know. I'm just making it up. I think I, I, if I remember, if I, if I, you know, if I really rack my brain and think about what it is, that you're, is it Valentine's Day? Of course. It's okay. Valentine's Day. Uh, this episode uh, is all about Valentine's Day. Yes. Surprise. Surprise. Do you feel Cupid pulling back that bow, everybody? Because if you don't, you should now. Yeah. <laughs> This whole podcast, I'm just going to talk like Barry White. You researched this one, right? Barry White. You're ready for this one, right? Yes, I did. Okay, good. All right. This is okay. Amy. I'm Jeff. And welcome to InfoQuench. And welcome to InfoQuench. And we are going to... Are you really going to talk no, like that I the won't. whole I'll way through? No, I won't. I'll stop now. I'll stop now. I mean, I think it's really sexy and everything. I just... It might, it well, might, that's what... It might grate on our listeners' isn't, nerves isn't, as they... <laughs> isn't that what Valentine's Day is about? They reach minute Talking seven. Talking sexy. Is All that right. what it's about? I don't know. Maybe it is. It is for Maybe some, it perhaps. Maybe it is for Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> I do like a good Barry White song. All right. Well, name one. I'm going to uh, end up naming something by Al Green. Oh, Al Green. That's a good tune. I get those two confused. Okay. They both have the deep, awesome. <laughs> You're so funny. Valentine's Eve voice. I, I know. Oh, it cracks me up. Okay. All right. Actually, before we get into Valentine's Day, I just want to do a quick little. Uh, sidebar on what we're watching oh yeah we were watching some pretty cool shows yeah so one of the shows we recently started watching it's been on netflix for a little while but it's called the worst the worst the worst no there's a freudian slip for you it's the world's most extraordinary homes yeah most extraordinary homes homes. yes they're british british hosts yeah uh she's an actress he's an architect and there are so many shows out there on you know, these luxury houses and yeah. properties. But this one is very different. They do it well. They do it well. It's very focused around the architecture. And mm-hmm. I find the homes, you know, they don't really get into the the price or, or anything of that nature. It's more about, you know, how did they actually yeah. go about building yeah. the home. And there's a real respect for the landscape, they the really geography. They really focus on sustainability, for sure. It's amazing. It is a really great show. And... Amy and I play this little game when we watch each episode where we have to pick one home that is our favorite that we would, you know, in a in a perfect world, have of our own. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Where they have to twist our rubber arm to live in any of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but there are some, oh my goodness, there's some beautiful homes. There's actually one from Nova Scotia that's featured. If you do decide to watch uh, season, the first season, episode three, there's a home yeah, in Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's a which beautiful is home too. It's, oh man, the, it's incredible. It's incredible some of these homes that the people build and they just were, you know, it's it's definitely an opulence thing and people, these people have money. But well, they, yeah, just but, to but, carry out that yeah. that build would cost a lot. But it, I, what I love about it is a lot of times when people have money, a lot what you'll see on those shows is they'll just do a clear cut, yeah. start with a clean slate 
and then build whatever they want in terms of you yeah. know the the house that they have in their in their mind for you know the house of their dreams but this is very much they have to adapt if yeah. if it's on a mountain if they're they're building around trees and yeah they're building you know, I love that that they the actually plotted out the where and, the trees were and built the house around the trees it was amazing yeah. I'm not going to really give anything away cuz you don't know what house I'm talking about no well there's several so, properties that do that I think yeah. and some of them by necessity because they're in protect beautiful landscapes that are but but they're protected, you know, their environmental yeah. uh, protection on, on the different plant life. And anyways, it's just, I just wanted to put that as a side. We'd like to talk I love about that home. what we're watching just in case you're, you know, oh, it's a great, it's searching a great show. for something on Netflix. I love that home that we just, uh, it was one we watched quite recently where the, the uh, windows were actually like placed so that they look like paintings when you look through them. I oh yes, every that. view was like a like painting. That is just so amazing. And with the rock inside, oh my. Okay, anyways, there's so many great, great like buildings and architecture that you will just like fall in love with. So watch the show, The World's Most Extraordinary Homes on Netflix. All right, now on to Valentine's Day. So I did some research uh, the History Channel actually had some great information, and so the I got History a lot of this Channel. from the History Channel. Wow, they're not in the Bering Sea catching <laughs> snow crab? Oh, I or, love that show. Yeah, I know. I know you do. But it's so funny, it though, because oh, you, can watch, you can watch the History Channel, and hardly any of it has anything to do with history. And then you can watch like the Discovery Channel, and you're not discovering anything. You know, it's so weird. Anyways. Well, this little bit has, is a bit about history, and it's the history of St. Valentine's Day, which I think probably most people know it's actually named after a Christian martyr, mm-hmm. St. Valentine. Um, and it dates back to the 5th century, but it actually has its origins in a bloody pagan festival. Bloody. During, yeah. During the, and apparently the uh, Valentine's Day was a Christian effort to replace this pagan fertility festival called Lupercalia. Lupercalia. And, uh, and that Lupercalia. Yeah. So they were. <laughs> I had to Google how to actually say it. And there's some people say Lupercalia, some people say Lupercalia. Lupercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> it's a festival from the sixth century BC, so I don't really know how they pronounced it back then. Yeah. They, you know, they'd have that ancient accent. They probably said it exactly the way I did. I would because think so. they're it, it's it's a blood. You festival, sounded like so. Satan when you said it. Lupercalia. <laughs> you sounded more like it was like Lucifer festival. <laughs> Here's your Valentine. Yeah. Lupercalia. Now that people have tuned out. No, uh, they haven't. They haven't. They're right there. Tune back in. Bringing it back in. So during that particular bloody pagan festival, Roman priests would sacrifice goats and dogs, and they would use their blood-soaked hides to slap women on the streets. That sounds so romantic. As a fertility blessing. What? Are you serious? And then women would later put their names in an urn, and it would be selected by a man, and they would be paired with that man for a year. A year? Yes. Just to... Procreate, I guess. Copulate and have. Wow, really? That's well, crazy. That's that, apparently according to the History Channel. And what year was this? They don't lie. Was this last year? <laughs> this is last year. <laughs> that's, that's how. Insane. That's how uh, rumors I mean, get started. It's insane. Like people complain about a lot of things that happen in modern day, but look, take a look back. Look at what Attila the Hun did. Oh, I know. There's some. Anyway, it's yeah. There's some pretty that's crazy, crazy stuff though. That's, that's happened in history. I bet you a lot of our listeners didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's like light stuff. That's mm. light stuff for stuff that's happened. Yeah. 
blood-soaked tides. They've done far worse. Blood. I, I love that. They, they slapped the women with blood-soaked tides. Yeah. I don't know how that actually looked. Like, was it like, were they little strips of the blood-soaked and they just like gave them a little slap on the wrist? Or were they like great big... I don't know. <laughs> that's that's amazing to me. I'd like to see an image of... Oh, I don't actually want to see an image of this. This next little <laughs> Valentine's Day fact i guess is uh i found this one really interesting it's around the tradition of writing letters addressed to juliet so from shakespeare yes so every year thousands of romantics send letters to verona italy and they address them to juliet of romeo and juliet and of course verona is the location of the shakespearean tale Mm -hmm. and the letters are answered by a whole team of volunteers from the juliet club oh wild and they actually choose a winner and they call them the, uh, they, they award the Cara Giulietta, which means the Dear Juliet Prize, to the author with the most touching love letter. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, I'm, the prize is mainly just the honor of, of having written that letter. Okay. Little mic adjustment there. But mic adjustment. Uh, they also get a pen. Oh, they get a pen. And wine. And, and bragging rights, apparently. Huh. If you want to read all about it, julietclub.com has if, all the details. I wonder and, if a lot uh, of the uh, letters get a little steamy to Juliet. Perhaps like letters to writing to Penthouse? Well, no. I was thinking that maybe someone's <laughs> writing in to say that they want to slap her with a hide full of blood. And <laughs> oh, my god! Can you imagine? I'm just this joking. Valentine's episode has gone astray. Well, it's, I, I just, I'm still floored by that. I'm still floored by that, 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 that they thought that that was an interesting thing to do. So the Juliet Club's actually been around since the 1930s. So That's a long-standing awesome. tradition in Verona, Italy. Can you, can you sample some of the letters, I wonder? So you must go to this website and you can read some of them. I think so. Yeah, that's cool. I think well, so. We'll have to do that. Never. I, I popped onto the website, but I, don't, I didn't dive in too deeply. But okay. Yeah. A uh, box of chocolates is obviously one of the common gifts that is given at Valentine's Day. And it was actually started, that whole tradition of giving a mm-hmm. box of candy or chocolates was started in the 19th century by Richard Cadbury. No way. Of the British chocolate manufacturing family. Um, so they had recently developed a new technique so that they could create more varieties of chocolates, mm-hmm. like all the different so flavors. They the fl- and they in. basically capitalized on the holiday and used it to sell their new chocolates. Wow. That's a great marketing strategy, though. Yeah. I wonder, I was just thinking back to the hides. I was wondering, <laughs> I wonder, I was, <laughs> I was wondering if that's why everything's red for Halloween or for uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, perhaps. You know? Mm, interesting. It could be. Could give all those red hearts a different. Uh, bloody meaning. hearts. Bloody, well, bloody I guess hearts. the actual heart is bloody, right? Because yeah, it's inside it's our body. Okay. Anyway. More about that later. Um, vinegar Valentine's. I never heard of this in my life. During the Victorian era, people who didn't want attention from certain suitors would anonymously send them vinegar valentines. So this is according to the Smithsonian. These cards, also called Penny Dreadfuls. Penny Dreadfuls. Penny Dreadfuls. They were the antithesis of customary valentines, and they would comically insult and reject unwanted admirers. (laughs) Comically 
reject unwanted. I would. Admirers. I just picture a bunch of women sitting around making these, like having a glass of wine and writing these vinegar <laughs> valentines, and just like, oh, listen, this is what I'm going to write on this one to this guy. I'm noticing all these negative connotations attached to Valentine's Day. I know. It's really interesting because you didn't really expect that. I expected it to be all love and happiness. You know, Andrew, anyway, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, though, because it makes it much more exciting. Well, the next little tidbit is around sweethearts, candies, you know, those little little tart things with the messages on them. They actually started out as lozenges, which Mm. I thought lozenges only meant like I thought cough drops when I read that. But apparently lozenge is actually the shape. It's like a diamond or rhombus shape is lozenge shape. That's why they call them throat lozenges so lozenge is actually and i have a really hard time saying that word you you do you've you've been saying it it's like genre i have certain words that i can't i love how you say it french you say it in the french it's hard to not say lozenges what genre is that book (laughs) so back to the sweetheart candies those iconic chalky heart-shaped candies so according to food business news i never liked them anyway no i don't like them either Kind of make the inside of my mouth hurt if I ate too many of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe the problem was I ate too many of them. And they're very similar to the the little rockets. That rockets you get. at yeah. Halloween. Okay, yeah, they're just You're cut right. down. Okay, you're Continue. right. That's the exact same. Yep. Good call. Yeah. Uh, so according to Food Business News, pharmacist and inventor Oliver Chase created a machine that would quickly cut out lozenges. So. From oh. wafer candy. So you'd have great big sheets of candy and it would cut it into these lozenge shapes. So that was the original sweetheart candy. What kind of shapes were they? <laughs> lozenge. Shut up. Okay, sorry. Diamond shapes. Yeah. <laughs> They're originally in a diamond shape. Um, then Chase's brother came up with the idea of printing messages on the candy in 1866. 1866? That's, 1866. That's a long time ago. And they were often used for weddings and uh, they had witty sayings on them like, Married in pink. He will take a drink or married in white. You have chosen right. He will take a drink or married in satin. Love will not be lasting. Oh, wow. That's not a very nice thing to have at your wedding. But now what do they say? (laughs) They just say, I choose you. I know. Well, that's yes. That would be a typical. So then the candies got their heart shape in 1901. So it wasn't until 1901 that they moved from a diamond to a heart shape, Mm -hmm. appealing specifically to Valentine's Day sweethearts. And then this is interesting. In 2019... The whole sweetheart brand of conversation hearts, as they yeah. became known, had to suspend for a year because they were purchased by a new company, uh, Spangler Candy Company, and they needed time to make a supply uh, oh. and do the whole transition. So, wow, there was no like disturbance in the force when they weren't there. For well, there a was year. one year, one yeah, year, yeah, one year. I so know. So, if last year, if you people need their sweetheart, try to get your candies, there might have been a supply shortage. Although I have a feeling it's like Easter candies. I think the stores just store them away in some warehouse, and you're getting rabbits that have been sitting back there for months. That's right, or years, really. Yeah, probably. You're probably getting like last year's chocolate rabbits out on the shelf again. Yeah, you're absolutely I, right. They probably they freeze them. Maybe they freeze those rabbits. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Um, Cupid began I still eat them, as a Greek god. Cupid was a Greek god? Yeah, before he was renamed Cupid. He was actually um, one of the ancient Greeks known as Eros. Yes. The god of love. He was the son of Aphrodite. And he would use two sets of arrows, one for love and another for hate, to play with the emotions of his targets. 
kind of like Vinegar Valentine's. It wasn't until stories of his mischief were told by Romans that he adopted the childlike appearance that we recognize today. You know, the cherub look. Yeah. And then became Cupid. With a diaper. You know how we write number, or sorry, the letter X to mean a kiss. Like we do X's and O's, hugs and kisses. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it would be O's and X's. Because the O is the hug and the X is the kiss. Oh, I never remembered which was which. I just always added them together. Someone told me once that the O was the hug because if you circle your arms around somebody, it would be like making an O Uh, to embrace them. That makes sense. And then according to the Washington Post, the X came to represent um, Christianity or the Mm -hmm. cross in the Middle Ages. And then during the same time, the symbol was used to sign off on documents. So... After marking with an X, the writer would often kiss the mark as a sign of their oath. So the gesture grew among kings and commoners that they would certify books, letters, and paperwork by marking an S and then kissing it. And these records were having were described as having been sealed with a kiss. Oh, and that's how the X kiss. became known to mean a kiss. And we do. We just... We just uh automatically just use x's and o's without even really thinking about where it originated and now we know because of InfoQuench podcast right remember that people when you're walking around and you're writing letters because people walk around and write letters i don't know the, where the whole o's like xo's xo's writing i don't know where the o's part came from we'll have to look that one up yeah we'll have to look that one up and, and then there's also the game x's and o's that's true so what's that about tic-tac-toe Tic-tac-toe. Oh, that's, yeah, I guess that's what it's called. How did it get that name, though? Tic-tac-toe. See, there's so much information to give to people. There's no end of the podcast that we can do. Good thing that there's InfoQuench, so you'll have to tune in for further episodes where we'll give you some answers to those many, many questions you have. Drop us a line on any of the social media platforms. But not on our phone, because we don't have one. Well, we have phones, but we don't have an InfoQuench phone line. Oh, no. Okay. We said drop us a line. Okay. It's very much a throwback to Yeah, I'm showing my landline landline days. Yeah. According to Time magazine, mm-hmm. this sh- this is how the shape of the heart became. So if you think about an actual human heart, it is not in the shape of no, the heart that we draw, right? It's ventricles and So, the heart shape didn't mean love. Oh, well, then that, that's the other part is how did the heart itself come mm-hmm. to mean Love. Like, why do we associate heart with love? Right, and we do. We do, absolutely. So it didn't mean love until really the 13th uh, or 14th century. And it was the idea of um, romantic love that began to take shape during the medieval period. And that's when the symbolism started. So people thought of hearts back then as books of memory. They believed that the feelings for the beloved... um, in this case, God, were written on our heart. So there were stories of female saints whose hearts are said to have been cut open after their death, and inside their hearts are inscriptions indicating their love for God or Jesus. So if you think about the idea of a human heart, if you were to cut it in half and open it up Mm -hmm. like a book, it would give you more of the traditional heart shape that we draw. It's true. It would. Other, I see that now. Other things, uh, you know, other speculations are that the shape actually came 
from a, an illustration that was done to accompany an Italian poem. So there was an Italian poem written, uh, Documenti d'Amore, mm-hmm. and after its publication, a scalloped heart, the one with the bumps on the top, began appearing in um, other works like in visual art and in tapestries around that time. Artists were just sort of drawing that design. So it spread from there. About 150 years later, that ta- the tapestry known as the Gift of the Heart, um, sorry, a, a tapestry known as the Gift of the Heart, now in the Louvre, depicted a man holding a small red heart. Oh. So you can actually see that at that the shape. Louvre, uh, that tapestry. We were there. And at we that didn't point, the heart had taken its shape and came and had also come to, to mean love. Interesting. So there's also discussion around, you know, the fact that there are some animals, some other species, not humans, that have hearts that are more in the shape of the heart mm-hmm. as we draw it. Mm-hmm. And that would be what people would be more familiar with because they weren't really, you know, dissecting human bodies mm-hmm. at that time. But they'd be more apt to see and other species hearts. So they would draw a heart as they saw it in other species. So I don't know too many details around that. There's. Obviously, it was... Uh, well, it's also like, it, it's an undeniable universal, like, shape. If you drew, drew a heart, it could never mean anything other than what it does. So it, it's definitely grown from that painting and those and those depictions from way, 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 way back into what it is. It's interesting. Yes, it is. It's interesting, too, the idea that artists start to, you know, use certain styles, certain patterns, certain symbols, and then they start to become associated with something completely different a poem is written about love and then an artist depicting the poem through illustration uses a certain symbol and all of a sudden that symbol becomes becomes love love the symbol for love right can you think of any other symbol for love other than the heart no yeah so and i will i will point out too that the heart also looks like a bum that's right honey yeah i'm just saying it does. It's like, and that's very it's Valentine's a, it's Day. It's like too. a bum upside down. Yeah. Just like a smile is a frown turned upside down. Yeah. A bum and, and then like a drop of blood maybe towards the bottom. You know what I mean? How it goes to a point. It's red. So, yeah. And you're, anyways, what's the next thing? Um, just, well, <laughs> just another, another little historical tidbit from the History Channel about wearing your heart on your sleeve. Ah, uh, yes. So, if you remember back to that wonderful festival. <laughs> Oh, what was the name of it again? The uh, uh, the Lubercalia Lubercalia <laughs> festival, and where the men would draw <laughs> names of women out of an urn, and they would be paired with that women. These poor woman women. Well, apparently, they would draw the names of several women, and after they drew them, they would actually pin them to their sleeves. So they would have the list of names on their sleeves of the women that they would be paired with for the upcoming year. They were bored back then. Yeah. I just reminded myself of Jim Gaffigan. You did they sound like Jim Gaffigan. They were bored back then. They were bored. Oh, is he crazy? They put a lot of work into this whole festival. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. Uh, they must not have had Tinder. It sounds, like, it sounds to me, though, like the women got the crappy end of the stick here. Well, pretty much for the, you know, until very recent times, that was the case. Yeah. And even still, even in some still, cases, to this day. To this day, I cannot understand why women don't make as much as men in the same job. I, that is beyond me. I'm just putting that out there. One of life's many, many... <sighs> 
Man. So, yeah, in back in the 6th century BC, it was uh even even a harder situation. Um that kind of hits all of my historical points. I was looking at just popular gifts to give for Valentine's this season. Right. And one of the interesting clever little <laughs> just give me the look. Mm-hmm. These aren't like uh, hints for gifts. We actually don't even buy each other gifts. No, we'd stop doing that. Yes, we uh, we usually plan a nice night out. And uh, by the way, we're if you're listening to this episode and you haven't made a dinner reservation for Valentine's, time to get on it and get your dinner reservation done because those Do restaurants book up quickly. East Coast Bistro, that's where we're going. Yes, Number here in one. St. John, New Brunswick, we've got some amazing restaurants. So We love uh, that restaurant. We love many restaurants, but we really love East Coast Bistro. Yes, Fantastic yeah, we have so many great ones to check out here. I've had meals there where uh, they were so good that I went back and thanked the chefs like, and said, that was an amazing meal. I so think that's a that's, great thing to do. Yeah, I, I had to do it. I had to do it. It was so good. So if you don't have your dinner reservation done and you're planning a, a, a night out with your significant other, uh, yeah, or just by yourself or just with your friends, Mm-hmm. Do it up. Do make it a up. reservation. Time's a wasting. Uh, so one of the popular gifts is a uh, weighted blankets are huge this year. <laughs> you want a weighted blanket, honey? <laughs> I might. Yeah, I know they are. They are huge. I might just order one for myself. How about how about we just take all the blankets in the house and then just put them all together and put them on the bed? There's something about it. Well, these and weighted I'll, blankets. I'll are duct supposed tape them to... along the perimeter, and then. That sounds there lovely. You go. Lovely. Very What's that saying? If uh, women can't find you handsome, they can at least find you handy or That's something right. like that. Yeah, red something green. like that. Well done. <laughs> well done. There's I'm not handy about, though. You that's know why that. quilts are so great, right? The weight of a blanket on you, but the weight these weighted blankets are supposed to give people comfort and the people people who have even just anxiety yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. They're supposed to be comforting. Yeah. And just extra warm and cozy. Well, that on that coupled with the heated blanket would be bliss. Oh, yeah, heated blankets are also where it's at. We just like blankets. The other cool uh, little idea that I saw, and I thought that I really like this, and this is something that you could do together as a couple. They, but what I saw was that you you could buy it online. You, it's just a basically it's a canister with a bunch of popsicle sticks in it. Yeah. Very well decorated, though. So you could pin it. Pinterest that Pinterest Pinterest you can tell how much I use Pinterest <laughs> yeah I don't know what you're um, talking about it's so but. what you do is you just put a bunch of popsicle sticks into a, a jar or mm-hmm. a can at the end of each popsicle stick on it you just write a different date night oh, idea okay so then when it's like the book the the jar of awesome yeah sort of so as you're going out on date nights throughout the course of the year mm-hmm. you draw out a popsicle stick and it might say you know dinner or a movie or you know picnic at the park mm-hmm. and but the idea is what i'm thinking would be a really great idea is you just do it you know together uh, on valentine's day write yeah. down some of the ideas that you would love to do for date nights over the course of the year yeah and uh and that way you know you put them in and you just randomly pick them and then each of you kind of get to do can i hit you with bloody pelts 
<laughs> I don't think that'll fit on a popsicle stick. Yes, it will. I'll make sure it does. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, no, it's. <laughs> I'm joking, everybody, by the way, out there listening. I'm only joking. Yeah, if you don't know Jeff's um, sixth sense of humor, he is definitely joking. No yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good idea. Or or another thing that you could do if you if you so inclined, there's a brand spanking new business here in St. John, New Brunswick called the Art Warehouse. I mean, this is a local thing, so if you're not in St. John, you know, just tune out or whatever. But uh, if you, we <laughs> or you can come always and visit us in St. John, you could always come and visit us in St. John too. Anyways, Art Warehouse where you can just go with your love and you can make a painting together. I don't think they allow you to get naked there, but. It would be, it's, it, it's an amazing spot. Yes. Amazing local so, entrepreneur, Hazel Cochran yes. opened up recently and, uh, yeah, it's great. You, they supply everything you need. So you, you canvases, paints, uh, smocks. Yeah. If you ask her nicely, she might allow you to get naked. You never know. <laughs> great. You could paint one coffee another. Coffee and lattes and, yeah. uh, beautiful space, amazing vibe. But it's and a really nice, it's a nice a thing. very romantic thing to do. Good call. They supply all of the, uh, supplies if you want, you know, like yeah. they get the canvas and the paints or you can bring your own canvas and your own paints and it's only $5 an hour. So, I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah, so for any date night, that would be a cool idea. And you could just collaborate even on a painting. Or you, you bring your kid. You remember that crazy like show we watched where they painted a canvas with their bodies? Yeah. The couples did? Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. What's, you can't do that know. at the art warehouse, but they... Yeah, no, you can't do <laughs> basically that. Basically, what they did is they stripped off and they they did a, a giant canvas with their bodies. And they I do remember hanging that. up in their house to commemorate the experience. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that at home. I'll just stretch a canvas. Sounds kind of messy. Yeah, it does. Never mind. I'll just hit you with a pelt, a bloody one. <laughs> yeah, definitely less messy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, whatever you decide to do for Valentine's Day or your date nights throughout the year, um, we hope you have a good February 14th, everybody. Write yeah. that on the calendar, February 14th. February 14th. That's and remember, the what's, the name of that? what's the name of that? I can't remember. Lavastudious Day. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, whatever it is. Bye-bye. Do you remember? Okay, <laughs> bye-bye, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till Til next, next time. time.